Culture Kings. Culture Kings. Culture. I got a beef with you. I got a grill. Now, I understand that things come up. Mm-hmm. I understand that there are things outside of your control. Mm-hmm. And that you didn't know this information. But I'm upset at you even though you didn't know this information. Okay. What is it? I have been intermittent fasting. I put on, I put a little uh, billboard on my Instagram story saying, is there any sort of diet that I can do where mm-hmm. I can eat whatever the fuck I want and still lose weight? Okay. And I got multiple responses saying intermittent fasting. Gotcha. So. Which is a good, that's a good, that's a good thing. I I do that every once in a while. It's a great thing. I I have seen results almost immediately. It's insane. Mm. Which makes me go, I don't know if this is healthy, but I've seen results instantly. Mm -hmm. Now, we were going to record at five today and you had an audition at 430, which I think is a gamble. I think that's a gamble. It's a gamble. Even in even in quarantine, even in Zoom times, that's a gamble. Yes, it is. My window is twelve to eight, mm-hmm. so I'm sitting here waiting for you to show up, Sorry. being like, "I gotta eat, I gotta Sorry. eat, but I gotta work out." But then, if I eat and then work out, I'm gonna be hungry all night. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm, I'm faced sorry. with this tough choice of mm-hmm. do I eat or do I work out. Okay. You made me pick eat, nigga. You made me pick eat because that's the only amount of time I have left. Okay. Let me let me let me let me let me try to fix this for you. Let me hear. Um now you said a key word in intermittent fasting. You have a window, right? I have a window. You you live in a you live in an apartment right now, two bedroom apartment, right? It's not an apartment. It's a duplex. Okay, sorry. I apologize. I apologize. You live in a duplex. You live in a duplex. Um, how many windows do you have in your duplex? One, two, just two alone in this room. Just two alone in that room and multiple. So, so you could probably got about five at least in the house, right? At least five. What was the last establishment you were in? Like besides your house? I think I was at Walgreens earlier okay. today. How many windows does Walgreens has generally? Like I want to say fly? not many. Not many. The Walgreens okay. that I was in might just be those sliding doors. Okay. But this is okay, so that's one. But, but probably th- multiple windows if you were to look at like the the staff room and stuff like that. The store right. itself, not a lot of windows. Okay. But the now one thing that you probably there. don't re- remember from Walgreens is most Walgreens cuz I grew up with Walgreens. They all they have their windows at the top of the store. Wow, so I really, never noticed it's not that. Not eye level. I've this, never yeah, noticed it's not that. Not eye level, but they're generally at the top of the store, surrounding okay. the store. Okay, right? okay, okay. Um, now I don't know where you're going with this. This is a long walk, but I didn't have any exercise today, I'm so I'm very this. happy about this. Here's where I'm going with this. Sometimes you can have your favorite window. Mm. You see everything out this window, right? You see everything Mm. out this window. You see the world. Uh, It's a window you like to look out of. It's a window you put plants in front of. It's a window that brings you the most happiness in your domain. But every once in a while, you can open a new window Mm. and see it. So, what you're saying is what I'm saying is Mm -hmm. there may be a second window that you can open. It may give you an extra 30 or 40 or even 60 minutes. You might just Mm. be okay. That's dangerous thinking. I'm going to tell you why it's dangerous thinking. Okay. Okay. And you know this about me. I start things, mm-hmm. and if I don't do them the same exact way for at least 30 days, mm-hmm. they're gone. 
they're gone. Mm-hmm. Now, you've watched me. I've tried keto while we've been friends. Mm-hmm. I've tried Whole30 while we've been friends. I didn't know that. Didn't stick to either. That's, that's yeah, Whole30 is, is, a, is a very disciplined and keto. Both, both are very disciplined. I did go try while we were friends. Mm-hmm. Now, although it was the pandemic, they had online classes, and I said, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. But Peloton, intermittent fasting. Peloton, I kept. I'm keeping it up because I did it in a consistent pattern for more okay. than 30 days. If I switch up this 12 to 8, this shit's gone, baby. I'm not keeping it up. This okay. shit's gone. There's a, there is a pack of Sprite on my fridge waiting for me to fail. I put it up there to dance at me like the devil yeah, and be see, like, this is waiting for you when you fail. You should just throw it away. Just throw it away and see what happens. You, Nothing's going to happen if you throw it away. The Sprite? Yeah. Maybe you're you right. You won't fail. You won't. It's you really don't bad give to yourself put something the opportunity up there. to fail. <laughs> Take true. the opportunity away so you don't fail. It's sitting on top of my fridge, nigga, just looking at me, being like, "I can't wait for you to fuck up." You can take. You can do an extra thirty minutes and start your day tomorrow at twelve thirty, and then revert back to twelve to eight, and it will not be any different. And I'm telling <sighs> you, it as someone who's done intermediate fasting, it won't Maybe be any right. different. It won't be any. Maybe different. you're right. Work I out all these goals, Jaquees. I know, but work out and then eat one last time. Like we'll be done soon. You got two hours. Two hours. Work out. Eat one last time. Work and, and, and then you know. And I have an hour good. and a half, but you're right. Okay, I'm saying if you t- if you change it to eight thirty, you got <laughs> if two I, hours. If I got eight thirty, I got two hours. You got, I got two, two hours. hours. All right, so. Is this beef settled, or are you still holding on to this ground sirloin? Is it is it eighty twenty beef now, or is it seventy thirty? Where are we at on the percentage of the beef? The beef has been cooked and it's okay. been consumed. We're good. Okay. Thank you for the advice and supporting me and my goals. You're welcome. Perfect segue here. Our guest today needs no introduction. Paul, 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 Paul. This it's is me. This is a pleasure, man. I um, you know, I think every time I see you, the first thing I always say is that you're the best dressed person I know. But here's something that's interesting to me. It's because like since we've all been in the crib, you know, we haven't been able to see each other's bodies. I haven't seen Edgar's full form. <laughs> Since February, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if Edgar is a body anymore. But just seeing you on TV screens, I mean, on like computer screens and zooms and stuff in a pandemic, you've taken on like a new form of dress wear that I noticed, which is tracksuits and fitted hats. Well, look, I here's fucking the love thing. It. Here's the thing. I it looks cute, but I only do this when I'm very stressed. So okay. You have to understand. I'm like, oh wow! <laughs> like if you see a cute, cute video of a rabbit swimming, that's okay. not normal. They don't like to swim. They only do that <laughs> they're when struggling. they're freaked out. They're struggling. They're 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 fucking struggling. Yeah, it's like you know, look, it's it's the computer. You know what I mean? I've, mm. I I uh, there's certain things where certain shows. Yes, I'll I'll put on the full Paul F. Tompkins costume. Absolutely, but for uh, just casual hangouts. Um, you know, um, uh, um, um, this is, this is what people get. 
I love it. I love it. I think that's no, fair. I wasn't. I, think I wasn't fair. complaining it's about fair. it. I no, love I know it. you weren't. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. You weren't. Yeah, I'm complaining about it, but now I'm realizing that it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I would ask- just say this? Don't get used to it. Don't okay. get used. Don't okay. get used to it. Once, once we're okay. out and about in the world, anytime I go out in the world, it is still mm-hmm. I'll suit up. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. That sounds like. It sounds like you're your mother. Okay, I was gonna say something else, but. What if that's you what you say. Don't I was going to say it sounds me. like a superhero. I was going to I was going to say you sound well, like a superhero. I, yeah, you you said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so you being in suits is going to be one of the signs that we're back to normal. Right? <laughs> we're exactly. all going back Na- to nature normal. Nature is healing, that's yes. right. Okay. Yes. That's right. <laughs> it's healing everybody. First the first sign was toilet paper coming back. Second sign is Paul F. Tompkins in his suits again. <laughs> Now, Paul, a lot of people are worried about this vaccine and whether it's going to be, you know, problematic, what the long term effects are going to be. Are you willing to join the microchips? Are you willing to join Barack, George Dubs and Bill Clinton in taking it live on camera? (laughs) All right. I. If they ask me to do that, yes, I will. (laughs) Of course. I hadn't, I hadn't planned on it. Yeah. But if if Barack Hussein Obama, George W. Bush, William Jefferson Clinton, uh, if they ask me to take the vaccine live on camera with them and alphabetical order, I'd go last, yes. Yeah. Then I would do that. If I get to close it, if I get to be the closer of the vaccine ceremony, then yes, I will do it. They should do that. They should run a, they should run a contest like, yo. <laughs> Come get a vaccine with the presidents. <laughs> that sure would be dope. This could I, be you. Listen, listen. Like, a, like if cut a shadow of a person yeah. with a question I'm mark not face. Question I'm mark. not progressive. Yep. I'm not progressive enough to turn that shit down. Like, yeah, man, shit. This is dope, nigga. I get to meet the presidents and get the vaccine first. I'm amazing. the first four motherfuckers to get the vaccine. I'm there. <laughs> Fun story to tell. Fun story to tell. Yeah, shit. We'll tell on. that for the rest. Yo, I'm gonna be 80. Be like, come here, kid. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Back then in 2020, your your granddad was, you know. <laughs> Scared of the Rona. That's what we called it back then, you know. And because uh, eventually, will if they're the <laughs> if the kids are just looking at a picture, they will assume you were one of the presidents. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because that's what I'm going to tell them. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's that's that's a rite of passage as a grandfather. You get to lie. All our grandfathers lie to us about some shit, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, they all lied about some shit, and then you find out like when you're older, like damn. That shit wasn't true at all. Life is long. <laughs> you run out of things to entertain yourself with. You know what My, I mean? Like lying to children is uh is definitely the it's the it's the right and privilege of the elderly. Yeah. My granddad yeah. lied to me that he um I when I was younger, I used to think my granddad looked like Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Uh and, you know, I told him that, and for at least the first 10 years of my life, I thought he was Bill Cosby's cousin, because that's what he would tell me. Uh <sighs> And then, like, finally, I think my mom, like, pulled me to the side and was like, you know he ain't Bill Cosby's cousin, right? Uh, and I was like, no, that granddad said he is. That's his cousin. He looked just like him. <laughs> and now looking back on do. it. Yeah. Like, cousins look alike, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's known. It's a yeah. known thing. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going to do when I'm older. It's a lot of my grandkids. I'm, I can't wait for it. But you're just going to tell them that your grandfather was Bill Cosby's cousin. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep out it of, the same old Out of respect. Out of, out of respect. Yes. Out of respect. Of yes. Actually, I don't know, man. Bill, you know, 20, 24 years ago, being Bill Cosby's cousin had a little more weight to it than it does now. So I don't know if I want that family. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want that family shame on on the Neils when they when, when we cry. <laughs> so I'm not sure. And I, I might I might just say, nah, that's a lie. Uh, how you doing, Paul? Man, this is uh, this is always a pleasure to talk to you. I feel like you're like the uncle of the comedy community. Uh, <laughs> is that a compliment? Is that <laughs> yeah, compliment, man? Look, I'll take it. I'll it's take a compliment. it. You know, like everybody likes you. Uh, you're super mm. supportive. You know, uh, and I, I literally don't know a person who has a bad thing to say about you. And I feel like that is true. That is true. I, I will send you some names after we're done here. Okay. Okay. Please do. Please do. Because we've been looking. We've been looking. and I have been looking. looking. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see the Google Doc that we sent around? Like, yo, somebody got to tell us some shit. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to say. I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm doing. I'm doing about as well as anybody else is doing. There's. There's a lot of. Uh, a lot of peaks and valleys, and. Um, I'm gonna. I'll tell you right now. I'm in a real deep valley. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like you know. There are times where it's. I don't know. You just feel like okay. I'm making the best of this. I'm I'm rolling with it, and we're all in, we're all in this together. We're all doing the same thing. And then there's times where it's like. <clears throat> There's no real end to this in sight as much as they're talking about a vaccine and everything. There's no like date on this. And um, it just feels like uh, it just feels like forever. And, um, you know, it's it's up and down. It's up and down. That's fair. I remember you were talking to Matt about, you know, freedom and how you guys get to do it in person. And you guys take extreme precautions, of course. Yes. Does that and we do I mean, it? On, we were, do it on a private island. Yes. We before <laughs> each episode. Tests. Yes. Before each episode, we quarantine for two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and then we surprise each other by flying to a private island. Mm-hmm. And you get tested, of course. You get tested. How do you surprise people with a trip to a private island? How do you get them to quarantine for two weeks? Yeah, I'm that's still the first tip. On that. That's the first tip. Is like, hey, yo, uh, can I talk to you for a second? All right, yo, I don't want to tell you what this is for, but I need you to stay in the crib for two weeks. Yeah. All right? And then after those, and then about a weekend, you be like, yo, come here, come here. All right, so what's your, uh, what's your, like, your driver's license number or, you know, like, some, I just need. Exactly. Your you know, passport. I gotta, your passport. Yeah. Like. There's a lot. There's a lot. You can't surprise nobody with that shit. Do you have global entry or nexus? Right. right, uh, right. Like, like, yeah. Also, how do they all get to the airport? Right. That's surprise. That's the other part of yeah. It. I right, right. Especially it, if you I'm live just... in LA, you be like, you be like, wait a minute, where we, we going to LAX, nigga? I know the way to LAX. I know this. <laughs> this is a ten to the one ten to the. Did I quarantine for two weeks to go to Randy's Donuts? <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Inglewood. That's what you think. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny, man. Like, I social media is so funny. Like, because we 
We just say shit on there. Like when people say social distance hang and their little stories, mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers are two feet away from each other. Just like be like, yo, we hanging out. Yes. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't have to, you don't have to lie yeah. for the purposes of like what other people are going to think. Like it's oh, just fucking say I'm hanging out. Not with a picture. You know what I mean? Either, <laughs> yeah. either lie or don't, don't, don't post, post a picture. The picture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. But no, man, I feel that about the peaks and valleys, man. This has been, I, I'm, I'm right there with you with the, with the low valley uh, part of this uh, pandemic or life, whatever we want to call it. And I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot lately, too, because, I, I, you know, listen, a lot of people give entertainers too much credit for a lot of things. But I think one thing that a lot of people don't ever realize about entertainers in general is... Man, we be some sad motherfuckers sometimes, and <laughs> and, and or, or when we're going through things, because you the the notion is when you're going through something, you can tell when somebody's going through something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when people who are in an entertainment field, writing, acting, comedy, whatever, you generally consume their content when they are on, and mm-hmm. it's hard to see them not only off but low. <laughs> as well yeah absolutely yeah uh and i feel like so many people don't know how many times we are bringing you high on content when we are very low uh yeah. in a lot of valleys that we're in so it's a, it's a really interesting thing that when we look back on this time frame and all the content that was created during this mm-hmm. i wonder how we're going to look back on it as artists when we look back on shit that we did during this time honestly i mean i for me i already am realizing what this, what being able to do this stuff means to me, you know, in a way that, um, not like I was completely ignorant of before, but I, you know, I used to go to like a show at UCB or something and I would think, uh, oh, this will be fun, you know? And now I'm looking at it to get on a zoom like this to, to be with people and, and just chatting for an hour, like I need this, you know, like this is really that really was a, a a bright spot in my day, you know, that that helped me hang on, you know, to to stay busy and to keep doing stuff like this and to be silly um, is like, uh, you know, it's like a vacation sometimes, you know, yes. that you you have that same feeling when you get off, you know, you close your laptop like, wow, that was really <laughs> that that was really what I needed. I That was a real shot in the arm. And, you know, um, now I can make it to tomorrow uh, because uh, I got to just like, you know, be a goofball, you know, yeah. <laughs> for a while with some other goofballs. But yeah, I, I I hope that I will never take it for granted again. You know, yeah, it's weird too because I don't feel like we thought we were taking it for granted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, which yeah. I guess is the case with everything. You don't yeah. really realize you're taking it for granted until it's gone. But you know, like most of us, with the exception of Matt, are pretty humble in most in most ways. You know, um, yeah. And I feel like nobody ever was just like ever took what we did. Well, I mean, some people I'm sure did, but I wouldn't say like I ever got from you that you ever took your what you were doing for granted. And one reason I can say that is I remember you did my show once at UCB. Mm-hmm. That was a ball. Yeah, it was great. You and Kirby were great. Yeah. And you didn't have to do the show. You know? <laughs> and like that and and that's so cool like because there are some people when they get to 
certain levels would just be like, uh, you know, I'm good, but yeah. you didn't really know me well at the time. Uh, and you was like, yeah, I'll do the show. And it was fucking like, that is the sign of somebody who I feel like doesn't take what they do for granted. And like, give back when they can and things like that so and because we've all known people that are jaded you know that have mm-hmm. been people that have been doing it for a long time that um you know just they just kind of they can turn it on and go through the motions and everything but you wonder like do you enjoy doing this is this yes. fun for you or is it just that you have a skill and you know how to do it and you know, you just kind of turn it on and off, which of course, every, you know, when you, when you know what you're doing, you've practiced your craft for a while, you have that ability, you, so you can have a bad day and then go and have a good show because it's your job and you know how to do it. But man, sometimes you meet people that you're just like, why are you still in this? Like, is it, is it fun for you at all? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, and that that's of course a cautionary tale for us always is man, I never want to get I never want to be at that point where I'm I'm not having a good time doing this. And especially like meeting new people and you know, I kind of love like the place where I'm at now being an older person on the scene where I used to where when I started when I started doing comedy, I was the youngest guy that I knew, you know. And now to have been in it for such a long time and and see generations coming up and meeting those people and playing with them is, it's a ball, you know? It's its really, it makes me feel connected. It makes me feel, um, you know, just, it makes me feel a part of the, not just the scene, but of the world. And uh, it it feels good, you know? It's nice to have, it's nice to have friends of different ages and uh, so many people of so many different backgrounds and I, I love hearing one of the things I used to do on Spontaneous Nation all the time was I like to ask people if I hadn't met with them before or played with them before, ask them how they got into comedy. Like what was their what was their journey to getting in? And I just I loved hearing those stories, even if they were very perfunctory. It's just like I liked knowing, you know, I like knowing if people got into a group in college or if they saw a TV show and they went for an audition or whatever. I just like those stories like we all we all come from different places and end up in this in this one place together and it's that's always very cool to me i think what i really enjoy about that is like it's coming from this place that uh johnny meeks used to talk about a lot which is a porlas buenas which is the idea of like pursuing something because it gives you joy and it makes Mm -hmm. you happy and it's like i mean that definitely the vibe i got from spontaneous nation i I did a couple times and you seem genuinely hyped to hear the musician play the piano every single like you were blown away by it every time and i feel like that brings so much joy like i I wonder what are the things that you've realized that you're like hey i used to really enjoy this and i don't do this anymore that kind of came up during this time man wow um Nothing, nothing springs to mind immediately. I mean, the only thing uh, that I have that's like that really is that I will, um, I tend to walk away from something once I've figured it out and done it for a while. Mm -hmm. And so like Spontaneous Nation I did for five years or five seasons and I really enjoyed doing the show and I think I could enjoy doing it again. But I'd never done a weekly show before. And so doing a sort of refillable template 
uh, week to week, after a while, I I kind of saw where I, I kind of saw that feeling on the horizon that I was mm. gonna like you know it's that thing of you're doing something until one day you don't feel like doing it and you're like oh I got to go do that thing and it's mm -hmm. like this used to be a thing you could not wait to leave the house to do and now all of a sudden it feels like a chore you know mm -hmm. and because I would show up and do that show and we were we would record you know a couple episodes a day we got way ahead in the recording and I could show up there in a in a really bad mood and leave in the best mood of my life. You know, it would, it would turn my day around for sure. And, um, and then eventually it was like when the scheduling of it became kind of a pain, I was like, though, this is starting to kind of wear off now. The bloom oh. is kind of off the rose now. And I want to, I want to like kind of cap it before I really don't like doing it because things like that, when you don't like doing them are, you know, people can tell. I think people can tell that it oh, yeah. really it leaks into it seeps into the work, and um, it's not it's not fun to listen to. Um, yeah. And I didn't want to get to that point, but I, you know, I did variety shows for years. I did, you know, there's a lot of things that I've done over the years that I did for a while, and then they just start to feel like when they start to feel like the same thing over and over again. You know, because it feels different for a while. And then all of a sudden it feels like I'm just doing, I'm just doing a variation on the thing that I've been doing. And it's not, it's not fun. When you start to kind of see the seams yourself, um, yes. even before the audience sees them. And it just feels like, yeah, I, I, this goes here and this goes here and this goes here. And there's no magic in it anymore. Now it's just a math problem. You know, because mm. I've always hated math. <laughs> so any, anytime, anytime it starts to become a math problem, I'm like I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I never I'm have out. to do math again. Yes, that was that was the reward of graduation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I never got to do that. No, that's super fair. I think that's that's true. Um, you know, one a lot of people come to me, and and by a lot of people, I mean you know, a few. Matt. Matt only comes to comes to me and and asks, you know, about podcasting in general and things like that. And and I try to be pretty open with with that knowledge that I've cured over the past couple of years. Uh, but one thing I tell them is, as soon as you start to not enjoy it, that's gonna come through. It's so easy to come through, right? Yeah. And 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 like you can be a professional, like you're a professional. Paul Edgar's a professional. Matt's a professional. I'm a professional. We. I am not a professional. I was trying to make you feel better, but you know. Thank you. I, we yeah, both yeah, know. Yeah. We both know, Dickie. So I'm not a professional. <laughs> uh, but no, we're all professionals. So like, we can and we can put on the face, and it can yeah. be a while before you could tell. Like these people aren't enjoying this anymore. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, it's going to seep through, and yeah, and it seeps through 100 percent when you are enjoying yourself and you are loving what you do. Absolutely, and things like that. Right. It's such a and vital point. Mm -hmm. it's the reason why they say if you come into Hollywood looking for fame, go home. Because yeah. if you are just looking for that and you don't actually love what you do... You get exhausted. The, yeah, you get exhausted because once the grind hits you, you're going to be like, this shit is not worth it anymore. <laughs> you Although know? they did, that expression was coined before reality shows. That's true. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But you know, what? what's a, a lesson I have to learn over and over again, After it's like a thing I have to remind myself of, is that when you are doing a thing and it sort of feels, it starts to feel like 
what I what I call the the tyranny of the template, where it's just like I'm just doing this over and over again because I have decided that's what this is, mm-hmm. and mm. it's important to remember. Oh, I can change it if I want to. It yes. doesn't have to be the same. I can mix up the format, and yeah. you know, I can I can try new things. I can, you know, uh, shake it up in in different ways if I want to. It doesn't have to be just because I've started it this way, and I've I've continued it successfully to a certain point. That doesn't mean that it's immune to change. A lot. I think a lot about um, uh, comedy Bang Bang, which has been running forever, and. That show has subtly changed over the years in a lot of ways, it's, but extremely gradually. And it seems it, it it has that thing of feeling like it's the same. If you if you listen to it, um, uh, if you're a regular listener like I am, it, it feels like oh yeah, the show is the same as it's always been. But then when I think about some of the stuff that you that that Scott used to do on that show, different segments and things like that, the way it was run. I realized that no, it has it has there's there's a there's a, a a core that has stayed the same, but there's been a lot of things that have come and gone uh over the years that have, I'm sure for Scott, kept it fresh. Um and that he reserves the right to make those changes at any time, you know, to to mix it up, to keep it to keep it fresh for him, uh, so that it will remain fresh for the audience. Yeah. I think that's kind of a what happened with the show Archer, right? Like, I think the creator, Adam Reed, was just like, he felt like he was at this place with it. And he was just like, you know what? He's going to be in a film noir next season. And then the next <laughs> season, he's going to be in the jungle. And then the next yeah. season, like, he had to, like, kind of, like, change it up because it was driving him kind of crazy to write mm-hmm. this asshole character over and over again <laughs> without... Because, I mean, that's kind of, like, a thing that's, you know, tough with television, which is why I think BoJack, a, a show that I'm sure you've talked about a ton, is so interesting because you watch this guy change over it. That is anti-sitcom. That is like against Absolutely. the rules. You're supposed to watch this character be the same thing over and over again. And how could you not go crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Especially a show that like that that has to thread the 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 needle or thread walk the line of you know People, you can be aware of the of the mistakes you're making and still keep on making them because we have an infinite capacity for self delusion, you know. Um, so even though the the changes in the characters on that show are extremely in- incremental, there are still changes, and they're they're very much like the changes that people make in real life. Like in real life, we don't make like gigantic changes, you know, in one, in one day, like it takes a long time to work on yourself and, and transform, uh, uh, you know, uh, things about yourself that you don't like, or that, uh, that, that, you know, can cause, you know, uh, harm to your own life. Like just uh, shooting yourself in the foot, you know, like all that kind of behavior takes a long time to, first of all, to recognize it. And then, yes, to continue to recognize it and say, oh, yeah, I'm doing that thing again, you know. Um, and it's I feel like it's it, it's an ongoing journey and like you're never finished. Like I, I'm still surprised at at shit that I like re- reactions that I have to things or emotional issues that I have that I'm like, I can't believe I'm still bothered by this. Like I'm mm. fucking 
52 years old and I'm still like, this still bothers me that this person said that thing or I didn't get this job or whatever. Like, what do I don't, what do I care? Why yeah. do I care? You know? But you know, I wonder though, I wonder though, cause there's an exercise that I do every birthday that I've done since I was 16, which is very stupid. I read Jumping through jacks. all my, Oh, well, yes. Uh, That's I what I do. That's all. my birthday exercise. <laughs> really? Is it the, do, is it the number of your age? The number of my age. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's so very sorry. Funny. That wasn't That's worth it at all. Funny. I do squats. I do squats for my the oh, number no. of my age. <laughs> no. Which is why normally for my birthday, I can't walk. Culture <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to ask, like, the feeling may be there, but I wonder if your reaction is the same. Because, like, I, I, on my birthday, I read through as many messages as I can go back. Like, I used to mm-hmm. do that on MySpace. I would go back to the previous birthday and read. And I find myself in similar situations, but I do think my reaction has either gotten smaller and smaller over time, where it's like, yeah, oh, damn, I didn't get this job. Whereas maybe when I was 23 and I didn't get that job, I was like, I didn't get that job. I'm going to clear out my bank account drinking with me and my friends. Like, even <laughs> yes. though my reaction and that yeah. feeling of disappointment may be the same, the action that I take afterwards is, do you feel like it's the same exact, like, action no, that it's you're not. making? That's, or? That's, a, that's a really good point. Like, I remember the the, the way I really noticed it was in relationships. Like, I I was so bad at relationships, so bad at it. And, uh, you know, get hung up on somebody and then just be hung up on them, hung up on them until the next person came along. And what I remember noticing the progress of like getting past that faster, where it was like, I, once I was able to, I remember like very vividly the, the feeling of like being able to put a relationship into context and say, oh, yeah, you know what? I see there were some red flags that I ignored and I did that anyway. And now that I look at it, that, you know, uh, that that I should not have um, like that was never going to go anywhere. And I should I should have seen that earlier. But I see it now and feeling like very kind of, um, you know, smart about it. And like I feeling like I actually learned something and and understanding that um Oh man, I have made progress, and so going forward, that means I can do better. You know, um, the, but it it is weird. It's just a weird thing with getting older, where you have like, if you have like your 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 little angers, jealousies, resentments, whatever, they don't they're not as intense as they were. But it does make me annoyed that I even have them for a second. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Yeah. It is like, why well, this feel? Cause it feels, you know, you don't feel whatever, however much older you get, you don't feel like you're older. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. once you, once you yeah. kind of come into your own as a person, you feel like you're a, you're at a certain place emotionally in your heart, you know, where like, I feel like probably in my, in my thirties, let's say, which was mm-hmm. where I started to really kind of, um, work on myself and feel like I was becoming a better person, like the best version of myself that uh, up to that point, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't necessarily feel as old as I do. Like sometimes I feel 17, you know, it's like, it's, it's a weird, it's a head trip being, being a human being is such a weird head trip. trip. I mean, I will say this to you, Paul. Yeah. You said you were 52, which really shocked me because... Super shocked me. It shocked the shit out of me. You know, they say black don't crack, but Paul don't fall. 
when it comes to his skin and his the, his age and you well, look great. You all look my, great. All my COVID weight has pushed out the wrinkles, <laughs> so you can't tell. I mean, you look exactly the same as you do in Mr. Show. It blows my mind. Yeah, uh, but there were great. so many. There were so many good years in between. You missed them. You missed them when I was. <laughs> Uh, man, you know what's dope about, like, talking to folks like you, Paul, or and just in general, and people who've been in this industry, you know, for a nice handful of years, is, like, all of us kind of have touchstones of either things that we know you for, remember you the most from, even before we actually got to know you. And one of my favorite things, I'm sure you talked and heard about this, too. Like, when I first met you, I was just like, that's that damn lawyer from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ah! <laughs> it is still to this day, every time I watch that episode, it is still one of my favorite episodes of Curb. Uh, it's no, it's documented on this show that Curb is one of my favorite shows of all time. Right. <laughs> and, and that is one of the top episodes of Curb. Uh, that was is, a blast. Is, yeah, man. It is so, it's so cool to like, you know, know this person and and see you and you've had all these really fun experiences in this industry that like one you're still having and and two like a lot of us want to have as well right and yeah man what's one of the favorite things you've ever done that people come up to you and be like i loved you in this um it's a great question Man, there's been a lot. Like I, I'm, I'm lucky in that I've gotten to be a part of, uh, uh, you know, to varying uh, degrees, this this thing or that thing over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I always like when people uh bring up Tenacious D. That was mm. that was a lot of fun. I I did, you know, I was in the movie, but then they, before the movie, there were a bunch of shorts that they did for HBO where I played the same role of the uh the open mic host and it was a different character than I usually got to do and it was very dry and it was very fun and um you know working with those guys was great and and that movie did not do well when it came out so no. it's it's not quite office space level but it did very well uh on home video after its release and so mm-hmm. it definitely found its fans way after it was it was in theaters um and so it's nice when people when people bring that up. I really I'm That's glad cool. that I'm glad that people are finding it. Um, um a recent thing that I got to do uh that hasn't come out yet uh is a show called Rutherford Falls that's going to be on uh Peacock in the new year. That's mm-hmm. Ed Helms and it's created by and has a largely uh indigenous cast. Um and it was first of all they they offered me it was I, I guessed it on uh a few episodes. It was a great role, like super fun. Um this uh uh drunk professor. Uh, it was like great dialogue and just really silly shit. But then to be in that to be in that on that set in the pandemic was was weird and also I was so grateful to be there. Um to be doing like what felt like kind of a normal thing. Um around other like around strangers being around people that I didn't know um and then also to be among so many not just not just the most uh native american people that I had been around on a set but in my life you know wow. and 
this was like all as we were going into Thanksgiving, you know, like I'm, I'm doing these episodes as, as November is approaching and to just see like, I, I, I can't, I, you cannot help but think of people that are going to be watching this show and it's going to mean the world to a generation of people. Well, not just one generation, but I, I think several generations of people that have not 100%. seen um, outside of like some, you know, Dances with Wolves or some shit like that, you know, have not seen uh, people like them yeah. uh, just being on a TV show, being characters on a TV show, getting to crack off jokes. And, you know, it's it was very it was very inspiring and very humbling because it it hit me like, wow, this is weird that I have not been in a situation like this before. It's yeah. weird that this is the most native people I've ever met in my, in my life. They're all in one place, you know, because that's one of the themes of the show, you know, but I was really grateful to be, uh, uh, to get to do a few days on that and get to be, uh, really silly and, and, and have a good time. And I hope that, I think the show is really good. And I hope that people like it. I hope that it, it gets to, it gets a chance to thrive. Man, that's, that sounds hype, man. That sounds so dope. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you'd be involved in something like that. You have probably one of the most well-rounded comedy careers ever, right? Like you've been <laughs> in, you've been in like you know very like alt stuff. You've been in mainstream stuff. You've done musicals. Everything. You've done everything. What do we got to do to get you in a Tyler Perry movie? Like, well, Ooh, that's like I feel like the oh. last thing that you got to do okay. is a Tyler oh, Perry. What we got to do to get you up there making out with Medea, Paul? You know? You know? Making out with Medea. Get a little taste of the devil juice. <laughs> does Medea, does she have relationships in those movies? She be, yes. yeah. She be bossing yes. the boobs on people. Okay. <laughs> She's a very sexual character. She's a very well, sexual character, fair, but I mean, fair, you know. That's very fair. That's very fair. That's very fair, has yes. She, has Medea made out with Tyler Perry? Have they done that yet? Or are they saving that? I don't that? think they have. Do you I don't think, think, they, I don't think they've that? split screen it. <laughs> I don't think they've, the they've split screen Medea over the yet. shoulder shots that these yeah. people are like on Bewitched and shit. I don't know. Like maybe the evil twin would show up. Maybe the one, maybe the movie they're going to do that in is the one you're in. And right. Medea is making out with Tyler Perry. And then Medea open her eyes and see you in the corner with your suit. A nice little hat on and be like, oh, my God. I don't know how Medea talk. I'm assuming she's like, oh, my God. Good afternoon. God. <laughs> yeah, I think now, he Tyler, should be in the movie as Paul F. Tompkins. How much does it cost to be in a Tyler Perry movie? Like, I don't know what the... <laughs> Oh. I don't know yes, what you the, have to pay to be the, in the, the Tyler fees Perry are. Movie. Yeah, I don't know oh. what the you fees don't get are. into that studio. You don't get that studio without people paying to be in your movies. I'll tell yeah. you that. You got to you got to make a good you got to make a good bowl of mac and cheese. Yeah, it's like it's like the company store where it's like, oh, welcome. You got cast in the film. Now, of course, there's your credits dues. Uh, in order to put your name on the screen, we do have to charge you. Uh, this is, of course, redeemable. The Tyler Perry store. All of this yes. is uh, Tyler Perry script. Yes. I mean, listen, I would love to see you in a in a Tyler Perry movie or or BET made for TV. Absolutely. I would love it. Absolutely. I would love it. <laughs> Those are two wildly different things. Actually, no, they're not. Let me stop lying. Uh Tyler Perry movie and a BET made for TV movie are pretty they're close. They're pretty pretty fucking close. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking like, close. Like you're like the record exec in a B2K movie. Like I, I feel like that'd be like say, that. Like, <laughs> To be able to like, I want to be the guy that turns them down for the deal to say this is just—it's just noise. 
No one's ever going to like this. What's the, what are you saying? Baby, turn around and let me see your body go bump, bump, bump. What does that mean? How do you dance to this? <laughs> In my day, we had Elvis Presley. <laughs> oh, man. I would love to see it. I would pay to see it. I'd love absolutely. To see it. Absolutely. Oh, I would pay to see it. Is there, can I ask you something, Paul? Mm-hmm. What was that movie, Edgar, that came out with the guy who, the, the white guy who, um, was the black woman or like came, you know, oh, LaQuisha right. Or was it like LaQuisha oh, or something LaQuisha. like that? <laughs> I yeah. forgot about LaQuisha. Oh my God. Now, Paul, I know that like you would turn that movie down, but I want to ask is there like, is there a movie that you've seen in the past and you was like, that movie was bad? But man, did it look fucking fun. Because I can imagine that oh, movie. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of white guys who probably would have been like, I know people are mad about this movie, but I could have, I would have did it. <laughs> there's uh, there's always stuff like that. There's always stuff like that that you're like, I, <laughs> you you look at a, you look at a, a, a location and you're like, I bet it was great being there. I would have, I would have I been in that shitty movie to go to Hawaii for six weeks or whatever. <laughs> Anything, yeah. with a, anything with a resort in it, absolutely. <laughs> They're always bad. They're always bad movies. <laughs> yes. Yes. You but can't you make a, a good, good movie. Yeah, you can't make a good movie in a nice place where people are, are having fun. No. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> there on vacation. It's like, it's like the Disney World episodes of ABC shows. It's like you're, you're not trying hard at all. You just want to take the crew out to Disney World. Mm-hmm. You want to get that. You want to get that bump. You want to get yeah. that location bump. Exactly. Although I will say, there is one movie that I like that was shot on like a location like that that I thought was good, and it was Couples what movie Retreat. Was it? Couples Retreat. I liked Couples Retreat. Haven't Which seen it. Would, would have gladly Couples been Retreat. In it. Couples Retreat with uh, 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 Vince Vaughn. Uh, Jason oh, right. Bateman. That was when Jason Bateman was like a movie star. I remember that. I remember. The, I remember those years. <laughs> yes, those years. Those years. What those was the years. three what years? Was the body switch movie that he did with Ryan Reynolds. Was that just Ooh, called, called Switch? What was that called? I was think it was called Switched. That's I lazy. Never seen that. <laughs> it was Switched. Extract. Couples Retreat. That was like the three. Look, they're like, oh, Jason Bateman. He was good in Rest of Development. Let's put him in movies. <laughs> he, did, he did some movies. Jason Bateman did some. What was that movie he did with Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston? Uh, Horrible Bosses. Oh, Horrible Bosses. Funny. Horrible Bosses was he funny. He made a couple Come of those. On. He was in Horrible uh, Bosses. Have you seen Game Horrible Night? Bosses? Game, Game Night. Night. Game Night was Night. Have you seen Horrible Bosses, Edgar? I've seen Horrible Bosses. Edgar, be it's honest. It's okay. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fine. A movie can it's be okay. okay. He's not a movie star. Have to be great. He's not a movie star. He's not a movie star. That's okay. We, they forced him on us. They forced him on us, and they were way funnier white guys than they could have been. He was, in, he was in show business since he was eight years old. They forced him on us. They put He's him in three movie movies. He's not a movie star, Paul. He was a great TV star. He's not a movie star. There are people who aren't movie stars. It's true. It's very yeah. true. He's a supporting star. He's a supporting star. Yeah, don't make him a lead. <laughs> I don't buy that. He was in uh, Blades of Glory. Was he? Yeah, he was one of the the, the commentators. No. Oh, he was in uh, right. uh, Dodgeball as a commentator, too. There we go. See? All right. That's what he needs to go back to, commentating. Yeah, be a little bit part. Gary Cole's not out here trying to be a movie star. You know what I mean? Gary Cole's like, oh, I'm very funny in other people's movies. 
<laughs> but I'm sure Gary Cole famously says, but don't put me in my own movie. <laughs> yeah, I do not. The he, last thing I the want, last is, to thing I want is to star in a movie. Please. Oh, my God. Don't try to trick me into it. I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing he wants. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, man. Starring in a movie. <laughs> there are people who know. There are people who know, I think. I think there are people out there. I think there are actors out there who know, like, well, you want me yeah. to be the star? I can't do that. Mm-mm. For sure. There are actors sure. who know. What's something I you want to name do, them? But they What's that? What's something Sorry. you want to do? What's something you want to do? What's something that, like, I've been wanting to do? I haven't got a chance to do it. Oh, I'd love to be. But that's like attainable a, that you think. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I'd like to be in a, like a, I don't think I've ever done really a science fiction thing. Like I've done animated stuff, but I've never been mm. like, I would, I would love to be like a, a you know, like the third, uh, you know, uh, em, empire officer on a, in a star Wars movie, just a guy mm. <laughs> on a ship that gets blown up, you know, just to, just to spend a day wearing a uniform and get killed would be, that would be fine doing that. I'd love that. <laughs> That would be fun. That would be I fun. have a feeling you'll be in Mando. I feel like Mandalorian's just like oh. being like, hey, who's a comedian that you like? Let's Can give I them a dramatic what, role. They oh. did that the first season. They didn't do it the second season. That is First true. season, Eugene Cordero, Bill Burr, Horatio. All these people are in this. I'm like, oh, wait for that call. I can't wait. <laughs> My agent to call me. This no. year they put wrestlers in it. Sasha Banks was in the Mandalorian <laughs> for what I saw. Right. You know, I so. love. I do love that show. I've I think never watched it. I've never watched it. It's a ball, man. It's really fun. It's, a, it's, it's fun. really it's fun. fun. Do I have to be a Star Wars fan? Nope, not at all. You really that's, don't. That's what's really great about it is that it's yeah. pretty standalone. Yeah. Okay. There, there's definitely a lot of Easter eggs for for Star Wars fans, but nothing that ever. There's nothing that you have. You don't like have to know who that guy is to get what the story. What's happening in the story? Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's really. It's really fun. It's really fun. Like great action. The first season, there was so much funny stuff. So much funny stuff. Like I couldn't believe it. And alongside really great action sequences. And Baby Yoda, I can't believe how adorable that thing is. It still is. Like you think it's gonna wear off, but it doesn't. Like every every time it's on screen, you're like, that thing is fucking cute. I'm not gonna lie. That's what made me not want to watch it, is Baby Yoda. Now why? Because everybody was just annoying me. Also, my cat is fighting himself and just growling. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that. I thought you were hungry. I no, that's, that's, not my, <laughs> that's not my stomach growling. That is my cat fighting his tail and having... He is mad as hell at himself. Um, I don't know. I just... Too many people were... It was I. Too many people were on social media talking don't about it. Don't let them ruin it for you. Don't let them ruin it for you. Cute is cute. There's nothing you can okay. do about it. He's cute. All right, I'll watch it. I'll watch it, and I'll report back. <laughs> oh, good. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. <laughs> Thank Give you. Give it a chance and let me know your findings. Okay. <laughs> so, Paul, I got I got one last question for you. I uh, I had this moment at the early, at the beginning of quarantine that almost felt magical that involved you. I think we talked about it within the thing i was playing animal kingdom and i put up my island code and then all of a sudden you appeared and i was like oh my god paul f Tompkins!" and you went it is i so let's say if you were actually someone's fairy godfather or something of that sort what Mm. advice would you give to that person if you had just randomly appeared in their life what blessings would you bring them 
Oh, wow. I would, uh, I guess I would say, I guess I'd say live in the present. It's, it's very hard to do for some of us, but live in the present as much as you possibly can and don't worry so much about the future and don't think too much about the past. It's, it's to me, that's the most, that's the most challenging thing. That's the most challenging thing because I will, I will future trip and I will dwell on things and to just be aware of stuff that's going on right now in your life be aware of the good things and realize that there are a lot of um there are a lot of good things that are out there uh that have nothing to do with the things you're worried about that are just given to us as part of being on this earth uh without without sounding too hippy dippy about it but it's like man sometimes I, when i was a kid and I would hear older people talk about the weather for more than a second. I was like, what are they doing? This is absurd. Why just don't talk? Why are you talking about the weather? And then as I got older, I realized how much every day is a blessing. Like sometimes you have to just look and be like, I cannot believe I'm still alive. And that, <laughs> you know, there's like a blue sky and there's yeah. green grass and like that, that's, that stuff really does come to mean something that it, it did not mean, uh, before. And so, and that's, that to me is all part of being present. Um, mm. you know, just like, just try to focus on the, uh, the good things that are there when you're, when you're, when you're worried about the bad things. I love that. I love that. That is some knowledge for y'all asses. Uh, Paul, this was great. I appreciate you, man. It was great also, to see you guys. I, you know, one thing that I, I took for granted before the pandemic is being able to do things with people. So when this pandemic is over, if this is something you want to do, Paul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking people to do things that I always want to ask them. I want to go suit shopping with you one day. Oh, that's <laughs> sure. great. I love Absolutely. that. That's I want to buy amazing. I want to like go buy a suit with you. Like we go I want to see those pictures on Instagram together. and Twitter. That sounds <laughs> yes. amazing. Yes. Let's do it. That I think amazing. it would be so fun. So that it's on the dock in 2025 when the pandemic is over. <laughs> that, <laughs> by then by then I should be able to fit back into human clothes. <laughs> yes. Instead of these yes. these flowing caftans I've been wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Absolutely, guys. Congratulations on uh, such a terrific run. And uh, thank you for having me on. I'm glad I got to be on the show. And it was so great to see you both. Love you, man. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, my man. All right. Be safe. Guys, take care. You know, we were talking, uh, you guys were talking, and I came in on this conversation. How cool it is to just have people like Paul as a colleague. People that you admire or people that you grew up like watching or listening to. And people who, even today, I still talk to Paul. And still just be like, man, that's Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, With like a that's, reverence. Yeah, like that's Paul F. Tompkins, right? Uh and, you know, Paul has done my shows. I've done his shows. We've done shows together. We've talked. It, it, like, you guys as well. Like, it's, Matt, you've worked with them. It's, yeah. And it's still just, like, really cool 
Like, I, I have to pinch myself sometimes because also, like, I think about this with our circle, right? Um, five years ago when we were all coming up, you know, just making Herald teams and doing all that shit. And, like, yeah. our generation, the stuff we're doing now for the next few years, like, we're doing dope shit. And it's, it's, really, it's really crazy to think, like, this is our inner circle. These are our circles. And these are the people who we are colleagued with. Uh, it's, it, it truly is a blessing. It truly is really cool uh, to to be able to do all this shit. I really yeah. And that. he's also like, I mean, he's he's as nice as you would expect. Like he's the best. It's it's a pleasure to know Paul. Paul rules. Matt, we didn't say you could say anything. Yeah, okay, but you you did that, address bro? me. Yeah, so uh, we addressed you in passing in the way that you'd be like, yeah. and the police. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, the way you'd say something like that. And the police? Yeah. <laughs> when I, wa- I, went to, I went to Washington, D.C. a couple years ago, and I went past the White House. I was like, oh, that's where the president goes. That don't mean I want to talk to Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. I addressed, you know, his presence in that area. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I remember that's one time boring. I was walking, and I saw a burning cross. And I was like, oh, and the Klan operates here. I'm yeah. not trying to have a conversation with the Klan. I, I just addressed their presence. All right. Well, I'm sorry for saying a nice thing about someone we all know. <laughs> I would. I do want to say, Matt, it was your 30th birthday lately, and yes, lately it has been my birthday. It was your 30th birthday lately, and um, I I put up a post of Ben Shapiro as your birthday thing, and mm-hmm. you didn't share it, and I was very very hurt by that. <laughs> I wrote but, back to you that I was not going to share it. <laughs> I know that's what hurt my feelings, and <laughs> it wasn't even the fact that you didn't do it; it's that you told me you weren't going to do it. But Matt, I do want to say, you know, speaking with what Jakees is saying about work of working five years ago and all that stuff, considering how we met and the fact that we got to do this together is pretty fucking cool. It's and wild seeing you know you and your success, and truly, you are probably under Paul F. Tompkins. The second most beloved person at Earwolf in terms of everyone. I, I, I'm saying it. Everyone loves you. Everyone has nothing but nice things to say about you. Uh, the only Reddit comments I get that have, you know, uh, positive pluses on them are comments in where I'm defending you. So (laughs) I just want to say, Matt, that I, I want to, I am today ending the bit. On my end, that Matt Apodaca is a racist, that he is a bigot, <laughs> that he is a white supremacist. The truth of Matt Apodaca, Matthew Abraham Apodaca is... My, my middle name, but okay. <laughs> he is a good friend. He is a hilarious person. He is one of the most generous laughers you'll ever, ever, ever get to perform in front of if you ever have that opportunity. And, you know, he's a very special, special guy. Um, One of my favorite memories of Matt was walking across the entire Isle of Manhattan because we were bored during DCM. I don't even know if you remember that, where we just walked from one end to the other just to do it. Yeah, we were just Uh, like, yeah, well, what else did we do? Yeah, we no, we walked far. That was a long day. (laughs) I did that with you and... um, I'll say just you, so it remains special. Yeah, well, just yeah, we, we don't have to get into we don't have to get into why we were doing it, but we definitely had some motives. But 
<laughs> That's not what I meant, but yeah. <laughs> you did. We had some motives. But like, you were just like, so like, like I was just like, hey, man, make a move. Like, shoot your shot. And you're just like, I'm just having fun. We're just having a great time having fun. In and I was like, New damn. New York. All right, well. Oh, who you, you fuck, Matt? What? All right. Who you fuck? That's enough of that. Boink? Who you boink? He didn't boink right. anybody. Yeah. Okay. yeah, come on. It's me we're talking <laughs> That's about. That's worse. That's worse. I'm just saying, like, uh, I know kiss and tell, baby. No, yeah, I can't. <laughs> but uh you're you're a friend that i have had for a while and i wanted to say i appreciate you and thank you edgar i really appreciate you're you a good too. man i appreciate you both you guys are two of the best oh, i ain't say shit good about you man don't. <laughs> yeah i'm ending the bit on my end jakees yeah. please carry it on yeah, and uh i ain't saying nothing you're gonna have to wait for that my man you're gonna have to wait right. for that <laughs> now here's where it gets a little tricky and it gets a little complicated and uh it requires a bit of emotional vulnerability that uh, I, uh, hmm. uh, several years ago, Facebook was a place where people, and I understand that it's like this today, but it's uh, n- not necessarily like this anymore to the level that it was at the time, a place where people would go and write these really long posts establishing their opinions on things and often that would invite strong 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 debate i was one of those people who would like to post these long posts jakees was one of those people who would post these long posts carl would post a post every now and then but carl was mostly living in the comments (laughs) a lot of the times when jakees and i would share our opinions White people felt some type of way about it and would come in our comments and I'd say the most polite way to describe their activity was attack us. And Jaquise started a group chat of himself, Carl and I, where we would roast and make fun of these white people mocking us. One day, Jaquise, and I want to stress, this is how weird this story is. I didn't really know Jaquise at this time at all. We were friends in the same way of like, I see this guy around campus because it was like UCB. The only interaction I had with Jaquise where we had a long conversation was one time I was walking down the street and I've told this story before and Jaquise drove past me and then later on said, oh, did you need a ride? <laughs> and I said, yeah. Nigga, so I, I didn't know you if was, you needed a ride or not. She was trying to shoot your shot, man. I thought you was trying to get some Poonang. <laughs> so one day Chakis asked for a meeting and we meet outside of my old apartment building in East Hollywood and it's me, Chakis and Carl and Chakis says, I want to do a podcast I, I had shit going on at the time, I was dead broke had nothing I was interning at UCB, probably had just gotten on Herald Night at the time so I was like, yeah sure, let's do this podcast and the podcast at the beginning was truly just us talking shit about white people. That's all it was. It was the three of us. We had topics that we would go to, but it would always divulge into us being like, okay, I can't say this person's name, but I fucking hate this person. <laughs> Randomly, this podcast gets asked to be a part of this up-and-coming L.A. extension of How Stuff Works. 
And we decided to do it. And the podcast starts transforming into something else. Carl eventually, you know, is making moves in his career, so he leaves. And the podcast just becomes Jaquise and I. This Again, this person that, as we're getting closer, I'm just like, oh, cool. And then something really, really magical happens, which Jaquise is like, yo, we talk about conversations. We talk about all these topics. What if we just fucked with the format every now and then? We were being asked to record three episodes a week, which was absolutely fucked up. But, you know, some people wanted to make a profit off of two young black men. And so we started experimenting. And in it, I watched this guy who, again, I was just like, I kind of know this guy, become... One of the greatest hosts I'd ever seen in my life. Because what Jaquise was doing was he was changing himself every recording to fit into this, like, whatever we were doing, right? If we were doing Family Feud, he became a Steve Harvey or whatever the white guy's name is who does that. If we were doing a draft, he turned into... Uh, Bill Simmons or Jay Bilas. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jaquise every week would just transform. We did Sacred Hill Church, and a friend of mine, you know, we released that last week, went and listened to that, and was just like, this nigga Jaquise is funny. And I'm just like, yeah. And it was something so fascinating to see how someone like Jaquise was so capable of anything. We dropped an album where Jaquise raps and sings on that album. And he does both extremely well. We did a church episode where we literally did a service of church. And (laughs) Jaquise wrote this sermon that is biblically sound. (laughs) And I'm watching all this and I'm just like, that is talent. That is what it means to be on camera, stage. That is talent. That is what a performer is. Meanwhile, I'm having this journey of my own where I'm just like, I can't do that. That is not who I am. And this isn't me like being like, oh, compliment me. like that. It's me looking at myself being like, damn, that is what a performer looks like that is what someone who studies this that is what someone who works and i started learning things about myself and i'm just like i guess i don't want to do that like you know what i mean when you watch somebody dunk and Mm -hmm. you just go oh i'm never gonna dunk you know what i'm saying like (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i had that experience and i guess my point of it is is I started to feel as if I was holding back something. That I was in the way of someone becoming who they were supposed to be. And not even like in any negative way. It was just like, this man, Jaquise, 
is going to host a show on television. And it is, I don't know if it's a game show. I don't know if it's CNN's New Year's Eve. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck it is, but he's going to host something. I don't think I'm going to be that guy. And I didn't talk about it. So weeks would go, weeks would go, and I would have this feeling. And Jaquise, being the good person that he is, reaches out and is like, hey, man, can we talk? Because I have this feeling that you're not happy. And I was just like, I, I don't feel that way. But something like in me was just like, what? what is that? I went to therapy and all this stuff, and I, I kind of, and I'm rambling right now, so I apologize, but... I realized that I was living somebody else's dream. And, you know, I love this podcast. I think this podcast is one of my favorite things that I've ever done. Like I said, if I don't do something for 30 days, I quit it. I have quit more projects than I've finished. This is the longest I've ever committed to anything. I've been in this longer than I've been dating Anna. Which, you know, that's saying a lot because relationships tend to be the only things I commit to for a very long time. And I've watched this blossom into something amazing that I truly feel as if I no longer have the skills or the wherewithal to do it in the way that it needs to be done. But here's what's lucky about that. I know somebody who can. And his name is Jaquise Neal. Jaquise, I do not mean this in any sort of way to blow smoke up your ass. I ain't got time to do any of that shit. I'm hungry. <laughs> you are one of the funniest giving talented host I've ever seen in my life. And I remember though, I know the exact place I was when I realized it, it was when we were in the inner sanctum and you were hosting family feud and I felt jealous. And I was just like, I, I, why don't I have a show like this at the inner sanctum? And then I watched you do it. And I was like, that's why I don't have a show like this at the inner sanctum. This man like, you had the whole audience in the palm of your hands, and they all loved it, and everyone was having a fun time. And we played the game three fucking times, which is a complaint I've had about you since the beginning. Jaquise was like, <laughs> nigga, why are we do this? Why are we playing this game? Like, I remember one time we had Josiah on the pod, and you went, all right, Josiah, I want you to make a started five, and I want you to make a started five that can beat that starting five. Then I want you to make a starting five that can beat that other starting five when they tired. I was like, nigga, we just need one starting five, Jaquise. <laughs> but you made them play that. We played Family Feud like three, four times, and no one was tired of it. We would have played it a fifth time. So I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving this pod. I, I've talked about it on other pods. They haven't dropped yet, but I feel like I'm leaving this pod in the hands of somebody. And if, if you end this pod tomorrow, it doesn't matter what you go on to do next is going to be some crazy, crazy shit because you are born to facilitate and entertain in a way that's, I can only describe as God given. 
And so getting to do this alongside you for three, almost four years has been a dream. And um, I'm going to miss it. You know, I feel like I have been having anxiety attacks. I'm just like, oh, what am I going to do when I'm done with this thing? Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to be worried about it because I know that you. You are the man for the job. And that's what I got to say. I appreciate all of that. I was not expecting that at all. Um, Yeah. Thank you, first of all. And I will say this. uh, It has been, you know, even though we've only done this show, we started this show in 17, I think. So three years now. Um, Like you said, three, four years. I think the reason it probably feels longer, you know, Paul was talking he did Spontaneous Nation for five seasons. And I know for a fact he had 200 episodes because I was on one of the last ones. Um, and I look back at this and be like, well, man, we've had 250 episodes of this show, right? Um, and I think, like, that's a lot of fucking episodes, man. That's a lot of episodes and we you were know, doing an hour and a half at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we were doing long episodes too. And 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 sometimes we'll still have a long episode like this one is going to end up being a long one. But um I think like you know, I, I, there's no secret like I love the sitcom, right? And and I love theater. And one of the things I love about both of them is um when you're doing a show like this, you guys become a family, right? And it's a it's a family you become, and and it, and 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 it's something that you, when you look back on them, it's like I spent so much time with these people or this person, right? And this show has seen many iterations, like you said, from my couch to how stuff works with me, you, and Carl and Sophie, to Carl leaving, to me, you, and Sophie, to. Sophie not being on the show anymore to just me and you to three episodes to two episodes to network change to all these things to Matt coming on and us knowing Matt and loving Matt and having fun with Matt and like all these iterations. But the one thing that stayed the same throughout the show is me and you. Um, And that has been dope. It's been very dope. It's been it's been a pleasure. Um, It has been very um very blessing to go from yeah that's the homie to like that's the friend to like nah this is family right it's been it's been like uh it's been a really 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 wonderful thing to experience and go through um and go through the changes of this show and our lives cuz our lives both have changed tremendously from when we first started this to to now right just in general with life and in our careers, right? Um, And I think the one thing that, like, I've always known about you and it's been a pleasure to watch is that, like, whatever you want to do, I have no doubt that it's going to actually happen. 
because I think you possess skills. You possess many skills. One, just talent. Um, and talent is a very is a very funny thing because there's a lot of talented people out there, but there's a lot of talented people who don't do it their way. And I think you're talented and you do it your way. And it's a very refreshing thing to see and witness. Um, and you also possess just a really keen quality to draw people to you. Which doesn't sound interesting, but it is interesting because you're you're very low energy person <laughs> and i don't mean that in like a bad way right it's, it's who i, am. I, I, I mean who I am. like i mean that in like I, I i think it's fascinating right because when you think of because we've been taught a lot of times what charisma is right and i think one thing that i've learned working with you is that charisma comes in many more forms than we've ever given it credit for um ever because like you are a very charismatic person in your own way. And and I mean that in such a compliment because like I said, like you're you do it in the way that's gonna suit you. And it's not to say you don't change, it's not to say you don't grow, and it's not to say things don't grow and change um in these processes that you've gone through that I've been able to watch you go through. But your your journey to finding out who you are and who you want to be and and that continually is going to change because I know you um and finding out how to navigate the things that you want to do in those spaces you always stay even if you don't feel like you do which I know probably sometimes you don't uh but you always stay true to yourself and that and, and don't lose that shit don't ever lose that shit uh because it's rare it's very rare and and I think it's such a good quality. Um, yeah, man. You know, listen. I will say this. You guys have probably noticed. You know, there's been a few episodes I haven't been on. Um, I have a lot of shit going on right now. Uh, career wise, not like personal. I mean, I have a lot of shit going on personal wise as well. But I have a lot. You don't of give shit. a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about that. I got a lot of shit going on per- career wise. A lot of good shit that has made me busy. Um, and, and that's another thing too, that I really love to see when we first started this from where you were in just three years, man, three years is, it sounds like a long time. Cause we've had a lot of episodes, but it's not that long. You've gone from like, <laughs> like writing like a motherfucker all the time and writing sketches and doing spanks and, and putting yourself out there and, and letting people know this is what I want to do. And grinding and hustling in a way that I truly admire. To getting mad that you didn't get put on a mod team as a writer. To literally two weeks later getting your first TV job. To now in your third writer's room. Right? And I won't say where you at. I mean, you know, it's not hard to find out. But, and, and only going further than that, dude. It has been, it has been such a pleasure to see the journey of somebody who deserves it because some because he works for it night in and night out like there's literally no days off uh there's no slack there's no lack of hustle there's no lack of trying there's no lack of 
of of this is what I want to do and I'm going to do everything to make sure that this is what I do, right? Um it's really inspiring to see and and I'm I'm proud of you and I'm I'm happy for you 100% because uh yeah, man, you did that shit. You did that shit and you should be proud of yourself, man. I know you are, but if you ever have moments where you're not, you should be uh because you're doing something that not, not a lot of people can. Um yeah, so Culture Kings. Listen, this isn't the last episode. We still got a few more. Uh, we still That's got a right. few more, right? You know, we, we don't want to spring this on you guys. We probably got about five or six more. I'm not sure exactly how many more in, in this current iteration. Um, when Edgar first brought this up to me, he said, look, this is what I need to do. And I 100% support it. And he was like, I, and he told me, I want you to do with the show whatever you want to do. My initial instinct was to end it. That still may happen. Okay, I want to say that. I want to make that very clear. That still may happen um, because I have a lot of things going on. Like I have a show coming up on HeadGum that I'm very excited about. I have another major network that has reached out to me to host their show. Um, that may That's what I'm telling you, bro. Make, That's what I'm telling you, bro. That may I, make I, this I, uh, I, I not suck. feasible for me to do um, on a consistent basis. Those are in the talking phases. I can't say much more than that. Um, I'm also doing a lot of shit in my voiceover career that has changed my life tremendously. Um, if this show returns, we're going to go on a hiatus. I have to go on a hiatus. The show may change a little bit as far as it being a weekly show. I'm not sure. All this shit will come. All this shit will come. But if this is the end of the show, um, we'll talk about this a lot over the next few episodes, you know, what this show has meant to us and all the fans and all that stuff. But if this is the end of the show, and this is definitely the end of the run of me and Edgar, I've been able to do so many cool things. I got to take Edgar to Chicago and show him my city. That was a fun thing. I've been able, I've got to talk to people like Kenny fucking Smith. Like, we've done so much cool shit on this show. That I am comfortable with it ending. If the show continues, it is not because this show needs to continue. If the show continues, it is just solely because it's a fun thing to still do. Mm -hmm. But what me and Edgar have accomplished with Culture Kings, I think stands alone. Um maybe we never became the Bodega Bodega Boys and or the Reed or you know, got a Showtime show or, you know, got millions of downloads or anything like that. But I feel very confident in saying that what we lacked as far as reach for what this show could have blown up and became, uh, I feel com comfortable in saying you put me and Edgar up against any podcast duo out there and I think we could fucking hold our own. Um, I truly believe that. Truly, truly, truly believe that. And uh, I think this show has been special. It is special. It's been a blast. It's been fun. Um, you know, this has gone on for a while. We still got some episodes to go, but I just want to say I, I love you, Edgar. Matt, the jury's still out uh, on you. <laughs> the bit is still up, you racist motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, listen, I, I want to be very clear. It's not like me and Edgar are never going to fucking see each other or talk to each other again. We're, no, you know, no. Like, we're, we're, we're too 
tied up yeah. for that to ever happen. <laughs> so you know, like this is not this is this this is not a a me and Edgar thing. This is something that Edgar needs to do for himself. And if the show ends, it's something that I just need to move on from because I'm going to new places and, and as like Edgar in our careers, right? Um, but yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. It's been a fucking pleasure. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I love you so much, Jaquise. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That's it. That I hope you stayed to the end. If you didn't, I'm sure you'll see it on Twitter. Somebody will let you know. And you came back to listen to it, and now you're hearing what the fuck this is all about. Uh, Got to thank PFT one more time for coming through today. This is huge. Know. Thanks to PFT. Yes, sir. At Jaquise Neal on every single piece of social media. At Edgar Montplazier on the Twitter, Awful Graham on the Gram, at Culture Kings Pod on everything. Queen of the Week. We didn't do one. Queen of the Week. Um, I don't have one lined up, so I will just say this. I don't have this. one lined up. I, you know, uh, I'll say this. My Queen of the Week. You got one lined up, I'll throw one out. Um, oh, I don't have one lined up. Oh, well then, you know, maybe you don't want her to be your Queen of the Week, but I'll say she's a Queen of the Week for this very reason. Um, I want to give it to Kamala Harris because regardless of what you feel about her politics or her job and her job as a, a in California, she was the, uh, um, what was her official job title again? The, um, I guess, I can't fucking think. Um, district attorney. Or was she the district attorney? What, what, what the fuck was she? She was a senator she, for California. She, I know she's a senator now, but when she was in when she was in law enforcement, San Francisco. I think she was a DA. Yeah. Um. I it is still an historic thing for a black Asian American woman to be going to the White House as the vice president. Um. There are a lot of progressives that I know um, who rightfully will talk about her record. But I want to make sure that we don't forget that there are a lot of people out there, girls, especially young girls, who see her as going to the vice president and it is stirring something up in them. And that is something that I think shouldn't be shortchanged. I think it's a really great thing because... You know, not a lot of people who look like us get to places like that. And in our lifetime, we now have seen two. A black man, a black woman, both mixed race. But um, the world is changing in a way that I'm very happy to be alive to see. And she is one of the changes in the world um, that I've been alive to see in my lifetime i've seen a black man as president a black asian american woman as vice president and the cubs win the world series uh that is a crazy (laughs) fucking thing to say man (laughs) that's a crazy fucking thing to say uh so you know she's my queen of the week uh simply because uh history must be acknowledged and and the history that she uh you know, commit it. That can be it. That's it. Unless you got one, Edgar. I don't. Then that's it. Bye, everybody. Oh.